Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I haven't eaten meat in three weeks. Please, I pray that right now you are eating the holiest apple-smoked bacon that you could ever eat with scrambled eggs and cheese. Amen? Plant-based is for the birds. But we've been going through this sermon series about building hope. And if I, if I can just share something real quick, man, it has been so timely. Man, who would have thought that we have a sermon series such as this talking about hope when there are plenty of reasons to lose hope? Many of us lost jobs. Many of us have been laid off. Many of us have friends and family members that have caught COVID-19. Maybe some of us have lost friends and family members that caught COVID-19. For some of us, you haven't seen your family members in a long time. I know for me, myself, my, my, my maternal grandparents, I haven't seen them in three months. I try my best to FaceTime, and I'll drive by and see them. But I, I feel sick that I'm not able to see and love on the people that I love on. That's, that's one of my uh, 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 love languages is, like, touch. I got to be like, hey, what's up, man? What you doing? How you doing? And like, I'm going up to all the guy friends. I ain't seen them in, like, months, and I'm like... Elbow dab. But it's such a discouraging time. Lose hope. Because what's going on right now doesn't seem like it's a moment for hope. What's going on in our country and what's going on in our communities doesn't seem like a time that we should have hope. But let me tell you. That you, the people of God, you in the pews, it's not just for the preacher to have hope, but for the people of God to have hope. Because only one man can only do too much. Well, how's it go, Donald? One can put a wax. That's how the verse goes. If we work together as the people of God, if we work together as a church, we can lead people to Jesus. We can lead people to the healing that they need. We can lead people to the hope that doesn't defer, the hope that doesn't change, the hope that isn't shaken by circumstance. In the first week, Pastor John preached a great message. He talked about raising our expectations. And then the second week, Pastor John had preached about what hope really is. The third week was Mother's Day, and, and Pastor Kaya had preached on hope the antidote. And in the fourth week, Pastor Donald came up and preached with our first soft service back. Pastor Donald came and preached impossible hope. But today, here's what I want to bring to you guys. Here's the title of today's message. It's escaping the prison of now. Escaping the prison of now. How do we move from a hopeless present into a hope-filled future? Because right here, right now, our country needs the church. Right here, right now, we have to be the hospital to heal the sick. We have to be the spiritual hospital that, that heals the brokenhearted. We have to be the spiritual school that, that gives people the knowledge and the wisdom that they need to go on about their lives. That we operate in love. That we operate in truth in love. So this is what's important. Now is not the time as the people of God to be hopeless. Now is not the time. More than anything, like I had said before, we need to be immobilizing. We need to be equipping ourselves because 
Time is coming where people are going to need God. I truly believe. And to take it back to the Super Bowl, and they made that whole prophecy about if the 49ers lose, then there's going to be a revival like never before. I'm still a little bitter about that. But if it gives God the glory, so be it. We'll take it. The revival isn't, there's no rain check on the revival. The revival begins with you. The revival begins in your homes. The revival of hope begins in your families. The revival of hope begins in your relationships, in your homes, at your jobs, on your social medias. People forget about that. They overlook the fact that people consume more on social media just like they would in person. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been using social media positively. And for those of you at home, hey, how you doing? Hopefully you're enjoying service. But we've been enjoying We've been learning and been feeding on the word of God so that we can be mobilized for hope. But here's what I want. The first question I'm going to ask you guys today. I'm going to say tonight, like I'm at Elevate. Here's what I'm going to ask you guys today. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'm not going to be up here long, but Pastor John said because we only have one service, I can preach twice as long. Is that okay with you guys? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We won't be here long. It's all good. We've already stated the facts. And if I were to go to each and every one of you, and I want you guys to think about it, in yourself, as you, as a person, as a mother, as a father, as, as somebody that is in our community, how is your year going? Is it going good? Now, one of the, one of the funny things about being a youth pastor is when you're trying to, 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 to talk and to communicate with young people, anytime you ask them something, adults do this too, but when you ask them how they're doing, they go, good. And I've been training our leaders like, look, you have to talk past good. Because the second you get past the good, it's like, well, actually, you know what, man? I've been going through such a hard time and things have been happening. Things have been going on. And, and I'm having a hard time at home because I've been stuck at home with my parents. And, and I just don't feel like there's any hope. And I just, my, my brothers and sisters are getting on my nerves. And things are going crazy. And mom's not talking to us because she's tired of us. And things are, everybody has a real backstory. Behind the mask, behind the facade, it's coming to a time when you've been at home, it's like, look, I can't keep this mask up any longer. So, so here's, here's what I'm trying to get to. Like, look, don't be discouraged during the season of now. Don't be discouraged because of what are the things that you're going through. That our God is faithful today, yesterday, and forevermore. And if we place our hope in God, if we place our hope in the thing that doesn't change us, we can, we can trust in that hope. We can trust that God is going to come through for us. Now, here's how we do it. Here's how we're immobilized. Some of you might feel like, how am I supposed to make change? How am I supposed to make a change in the community? I'm too old. I'm too old for this. I'm retired. I'm too old. I don't need to do this. Well, if you feel like you're too old, I suggest that you read up on uh, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah were, were 90 and 100 years old when they had the, the child that there was promised to them. Don't tell me what God can't do. Maybe you're in a situation where you're feeling like maybe I'm too young. I'm too young to speak out against, against, against things that are against God. I'm too young to, to, to represent God in my school. I'm too young to represent God in my family. Well, if you feel like you're too young, let's ask how David felt when he was called to be a king when he was a teenager. Let's ask how David felt when, when, when not only did he slay Goliath, but he was slaying lions and bears. Let's ask David how he felt. Don't tell me what God can't do. Maybe you feel like you're too sick. 
Maybe you feel like this, this ailment that you've been given, that maybe you have a heart condition like myself. Maybe you're in a situation where you're going through trouble with cancer. You're going through with this affliction that you're praying to God for to take away from you. Let's last Lazarus for a second. Let's last Lazarus that had his life taken away from him, that was giving his life back to him because there's nothing that my God can't do. Maybe you don't feel like you're qualified enough. Maybe you don't feel like you have the, 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 the speaking uh, type of gifts that you n- 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 need to have like, like Moses didn't have because Moses, even though he didn't have the speaking gift, he had a pastoral gift, he had a leadership gift, and he had that gift to lead the people out of Israel or Egypt. I said Israel. Don't tell me what my God can do. Don't tell me what my God can do. Maybe you feel like you don't have enough. That I don't have enough to get through. I don't have enough to, to, to make a difference. Let's ask the little boy that had to give up his fish lunch to, to this man named Jesus. That was able to feed the multitudes. God, his mom gave him that lunch. Like, look, take these little five anchovies and these two pieces of leftover bread, and this is what you're going to eat for lunch. Little did he know, he thought he was going to feed himself, but he ended up feeding thousands because he gave up what he had. Don't tell me what my God can't do. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel like, I've done too much wrong. I've committed too many crimes. I've done too much wrong. I've hurt too many people. Let's ask Paul how he feels about that. Let me take it back. Let's ask Saul how he feels about that. Saul was persecuting Christians. Saul Saul was killing the people that he ended up being called to lead. But even in the shoes of a murderer, even in the shoes of somebody that was doing things that's unjust, God can call him too. Don't tell me what my God can't do. God is not limited to your circumstances. God is not limited to your shortcomings. God is not limited to the things that are going on in your life. Listen, we can put our hope in God because he supplies us with the strength and the hope that we need. So here's what I want to ask you guys today. Here's my first question. A lot of us are stuck on what's going now. We're stuck on what's happening now. We're stuck on what's going on now. But we need to focus on what things can become. My first question, you guys, is this, and write this down. In order for us to escape the prison of now, we have to ask this question of ourselves. What can my life become in God's hands? What can my life become in God's hands? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance, the confidence, the the real thing, the physical thing. If you want to see somebody that, that, that went from one thing to something even greater, let's look at Peter. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1, starting from verse 16. And if you didn't read your Bible, or bring, you read your Bible, if you didn't bring your Bibles today, we got the Sky Bible right behind me. Mark chapter 1, from verse 16. And as he walked, this is Jesus, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. Now, Simon became Peter in the New Testament, okay? Y'all following? Y'all following me? Simon and Andrew, Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. This is what they were now. Can the church say now? They were fishermen in the now. But here's what Jesus does. Then Jesus says to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Circle become. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. 
They, 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 they had no idea what a fisher of man was, but Jesus enters the scene and he gives them fresh vision to see what they can become. When God gives us fresh vision, we have to be able to trust in the vision that he gives us. Peter and, and, and his brother left everything to follow Jesus. Now, if we go back to that verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here was Peter's expectation. Peter's expectation is, if I follow Jesus, he will do what he said. The hope is this. This is his expectation. When anytime you see hope in the Bible, think expectation. He, he knew that if I place my faith in Jesus, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, it, whatever I'm hoping for, I'm going to put it into action through my faith. Because faith without works is what? So here's what's important. Peter's expectation was if I follow Jesus, he will do what he said. I'm a fisherman right now, but Jesus will make me, will make me a fisher of men. I'm in this position right now, but God will make me greater. Right now, I'm a teenager, but I believe that God will make me into something greater. Right now, I'm sick, but I believe that God will make me into something greater. Right now, I'm in a situation that doesn't look right, but God will make me into something greater. Right now, my kids are acting up and they're cutting up, but I believe that God will make them something greater. Right now, my marriage is a mess, but I believe that God will make, will make this something better. Are you stuck in the now? Are you stuck in the prison of now? Or are you looking at what things can become? Our first thing is, what can my life become in God's hands? Peter had received a fresh vision for his life that he had never seen before. We have to be able to trust in God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it reads this. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about by the, are, or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing what? They're not shaken by the atmosphere. They're not shaken by the things that are going on around them. That their roots are planted so deep into the living water that nothing is changing the way that they produce fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. We can't be shaken by the atmosphere. We can't be shaken by the people of God, what's going on. I'm not saying that you can't be sensitive to it. I'm not saying that, that you can't be sensitive to what's going on. I'm not saying that you can't acknowledge what's going on. But regardless if there was a drought, regardless if there was a bunch of water, regardless if the season was okay or if it was bad, the fruitfulness never changed. Right now, we're going through a season of turmoil in our country. And believe it or not, look around. There are a lot of people of color that are in our church. Don't tell me you haven't been affected. But as the people of God... Before the skin color, before you came out of your mother's womb, God created you. You are his son. You are his daughter. Don't allow the, don't allow the things that are in the atmosphere to affect how fruitful you are. Stay connected. Stay rooted. Stay planted. 
Continue to be fruitful. Continue to remain. Continue to trust in the faithfulness of God. He'll supply everything that you'll need. Here's my next question. For, for, here's our next question for, uh, for us to ask ourselves. What vision of myself am I keeping in front of me? What vision of myself am I keeping in front of me? And for those of you guys that don't know what inspired this, um, this sermon series, Building Hope, was inspired by the Hope Quotient. I encourage you guys, go out and get the book. It's by uh, Pastor Ray Johnson of Bayside Church out in the Sacramento area. It's a great book. You see, I lost my cover. It's all good. The book is still good. I got it on physical copy and digital copy. I was reading on my, on my laptop and physically. But it's, a, it's, it's truly a book that will change your life. It'll change the aspect in which you look at hope. Amen? But here's one of the quotes from, from, from the Hope Quotient. It says this. Fresh vision leads to encouragement. Encouragement leads to hope. Hope leads to change. And change leads to better days ahead. Fresh vision. Fresh vision. If we don't constantly keep the vision of God in front of us, we're going to forget what we look like. If we don't constantly keep the fresh vision of what God has for our lives, we're going to forget what we have in front of us. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having things all together. Just like it says in Philippians chapter 3, I press towards the mark. Not that I've already attained, but I'm going to continue pressing. I look, to, look forward to things that are forward, and I leave everything behind me that's behind me. Keep pressing forward. Keep the vision of what God has for your lives in front of you. As people of God, our vision has to be through, through kingdom lenses. Because if we don't, our eyes will start playing tricks on us. And I want to do a little amendment to that. If we don't have our God vision off, we don't have the kingdom lenses, our eyes won't just play tricks on us, but our heart will play tricks on us. Just like it says in Jeremiah, it says, The heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? Who knows? Guess who knows? The Lord searches all hearts and examines all secret motives. God knew you when he formed you. God knew how you would become when he formed you. Because guess what? He created you. He created you to be the way that you are. In, Je Ooh. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 33, it reads this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Don't seek secret motives. Don't seek, don't seek ways to, to, to edify just yourself, but seek things of the kingdom. How can I love on my brother today? How, how can I love on the person that persecutes me? How can I love on the person that I know for certain will, can, will never be able to pay me back for what I've done to them? How think that I'm going to carry myself? Am I, am I going to carry myself with my own self-interest? Or am I going to carry myself with, with the purpose of God? When Jesus walked this, word, walked this world, when he was young, guess what he said? I got to be about my father's business. In everything that I do, I have to be about my father's business. In the way that I love people, I have to be about my father's business. I have to love them like the father has loved me. It's not about how I feel. It's about what God has commanded me to do. Understand, if you leave here today and you don't know this, understand that you're loved. This is what we just poured into our young people, for them to understand that you are loved. And that you are chosen. 
and that you are called to do a command. And what God has commanded us to do is to love our neighbor like God has loved us. Did God love you with, with conditions? Did, did God love you, uh, you know, well, if you do this, then I'm going to stop loving you? God's love never fails. He loves us in spite of us. He loves us in such a way that, that, that we can never repay him with our love. That's the same way that we have to love our neighbor. That's the same way that, that we have to, to have a kingdom mindset of how we operate our lives. And this is my last point. And Atira, if you can come up to the piano. I've been missing saying that. Can we give it up to her for Atira real quick? My last question to you guys is this, and we'll go home. Ask yourself this, you guys. How am I feeling my forward progress? How am I fueling my forward progress? Here's how we can do this, you guys. Here's, here's the answer to this question on how we can fuel our, pro, our forward progress. It's play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. Now, I was talking before uh, about, about the 49ers Super Bowl, and I'm still a little sour about it. But one of the major mistakes that they made is they didn't play to their strength. The whole first half of the game, they ran the ball, and they were running really well. But the second half, they abandoned the team that they are. They abandoned uh, the strength that they had in themselves. Play to your strength. What are you trying to say, JR? Stop trying to be everybody else. Be yourself. God has created you uniquely. God has created you for, for such a time as this. There's a quote, and I forgot where it was from, and I heard Donald say it a couple weeks ago. But be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. God wasn't creating like, okay, here we go. I'm going to create white people, and I'm going to create black people, and I'm going to create Latino people, and I'm going to... That's not how he did it. Each and every person from each and every group, from each and every family is created uniquely. I'm about to have my second child. It's like, okay, being a parent of one child is one thing. I deal with one type of temperament and, and one type of way that she wants things and one type of way that she talks to me and one type of and one type of... But I'm sitting thinking, like, what's it about to be like with two? <laughs> like, God, can't you just give me, like, two Mariahs? Like, can we just, like, you know, clone the situation or something like that? Can we just, like, command C and then just, like, command V and paste that back in there? You know what I'm saying? But I know that my daughter and my son are both uniquely made. That what my daughter is going gonna, is gonna to be playing to might be one way and my son might play to another way. Funniest thing about it was... When I found out that I was having a son, my grandpa texted me. He was like, all right, LSU, Alabama, or, or Florida? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's going to play football, right? I was like, man, you know what? Here's what I hope as a parent. Not that I'll try to make him become what I want him to become, but that he'll become what God wants him to become. Because here's the thing, if, if, if I put vision in front of my son that isn't the vision of God, he'll be trying to fulfill things that he can't fulfill. And even if he does get to the point 
he'll feel empty because he's not living through the purpose that he was called to live. That we are all created uniquely. Psalm chapter 139 says this, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's like in every women's conference ever. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Donald's looking at me like, you better not do that with that blouse on. You better chill. <laughs> trying to go for the easy look, you know what I'm saying? This is all I'm trying to do. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in, in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet they were none of them. God has created you uniquely and has given you the tools to, for you to live your life to the fullest potential. He's created you uniquely. He's given gifts to you that are unique to you. There might be people that are like you, but nobody's like you. If we can all stand to our feet. I don't know why the Spirit is dropping the word immobilize in my spirit right now. He keeps, he keeps giving me immobilize. But in, I want you guys to study these three, these three passages. I might not read them all, but, but they all serve the same person, uh, uh, purpose. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Don't have to bring it up yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 through 31. And Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Do we have time? Can we just read these real quick before we go? 1 Peter chapter 4 reads this. God has given each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as through God himself we're speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with a strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, to the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every witch wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking with truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which each and every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love can the church say amen I told you that 
That last question was the last question, but I forgot about the end of my notes. But here's the last question. And here's what's most important. We talk a lot about here about, about, about building real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ and building real relevant relationship with each other, right? My last question for you to ask yourself is this. Am I surrounding myself with the right people? It says that we are all created individually in a certain way, that we are all fashioned to be a certain body part, that we are all uniquely and wonderfully made, that we are created to, to, to do certain gifts in the church, and we are created to do certain gifts in the body. What, what, what worth is the hand disconnected from the body? What worth is, is the arm disconnected from the body? What worth is the pinky toe disconnected from the body? You lose a couple of your toes, you're going to be walking around kind of funny. You have to stay connected. Every part of the body is needed. I love the analogy that Ray Johnson used. He said this. He said, back in like, like, the, like the 1960s, I believe it was, or like, I don't remember what year it was, but... But, but there was this, there was this revival, and like back in those days, they used to have, and so they were having this tent, and there were these two teenagers, they were walking, and they see all this commotion coming out from this tent, they're like, what's going on in this tent? And they go in, and they see this church service going on, they're like, uh, we're cool off the church, and they walk away, but then an usher stops them, and says, hey, I think you guys would really like what's going on in here, you should come take a seat, I got a seat, matter of fact, I got a seat made for both of you guys, right here, right here. And so they sit in the service, and this guy named something Ham, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Let's just call him John Ham for the sake of him calling John Ham. John Ham never wrote a book. John Ham never had a special things. But but guess what? Those two young men got saved that day. And here's the craziest part. Guess who one of those two young men were? Billy Graham. Billy Graham, the man that has spoken in front of more people ever about Jesus Christ. That, that it wasn't the sermon that got that person saved. It was the usher that got that person saved. Every part matters. Every position matters. Pastor Jenny is very talented, but she's not going to be on the drums anytime soon. I love you, Jenny. That's okay because Jenny has a gift of singing. Jenny has the gift of exhortation. And just because one person doesn't have another person's gift doesn't mean that they're not serving a purpose. Here's what I'm encouraging you, and this is why God is dropping immobilized in my spirit. In order for us to escape the prison of now, to for us to escape this hopelessness. We have to get into a position where we're filled with hope. We have to get into a position where we're equipped. We have to get into a position where we know what our spiritual gifts are. I want you to study. Listen, I'm charging you guys. I want you to study. Open up your word. Find out what your spiritual gift is. And as soon as you get an inkling, guess what? Hey, pastor, where can I serve? Hey, pastor, how, how can I best serve my community? Don't be, don't be the person like, hey, I feel like I've been called to preach, so give me the microphone. Like, no. Calm down. <laughs> Serve with a heart that's not meant to build up yourself, but to build up the body of Christ. And 
as we continue to build the body of Christ, as the body of Christ gets strong, we can go out and get more and we grow. And we go out and get more and we grow. And we go out and get more. And before you know it, soon is, is, is a seed that's for God. But before we know it, then, then, then the body of Christ begins to enlarge. Not for our church to be a mega church, not for, for us to be this big thing, but for us to expand the kingdom of God. I'm charging you today. Now is the time to immobilize. Now is not the time to be stuck in the prison of now. Look forward towards the future. If you don't have a goal in your life, press on towards the mark, the, the, the prize that Jesus Christ is calling you to. Press on towards his hope. Because let me share something with you. As you continue to press on towards this hope, as you continue to press on and to seek the kingdom of God, those things that you need will continue to be added to you. That thing that you need, that hopelessness, it'll be fulfilled. That feeling like you're not loved, that'll be fulfilled. Best belief, and ever since I started ministry, listen, I've, been, I've had certain times where I'm like, God, I don't know how these bills are about to get paid, but God always comes through. And that's not for me to toot my own horn. I know that God is faithful. I know that as long as I'm taking care of business, as long as I'm trying to press toward the vision that God has set before me, he's going to give me the provision to see it done. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.